Speak Brave podcast with your host, Mark Guy. I'm very excited. I have um, a very good friend, and I hope that he feels the same way um, in the studio with me recording this podcast for everyone who's listening. And today I have Robert Blackledge. Hey, Robert. Hey, Mark. How are you? Great. I'm happy that you could make it and share the part of your story, part of who you are with me and with everyone. Wonderful. I'm incredibly excited to be here, and, and thank you for taking some time to uh, talk to me. Absolutely. So, Robert, let me ask you a question. What makes you, you? I, I think everyone is a, a combination of the people that surround us and the journey that we're on. You know, your world is made up of the relationships you either foster or don't. And so for me, I've had a crazy journey uh, made up of a lot of different relationships over the years. Um, at this point, I've had nine companies. Uh, not all of them have been successes. Some of them have been massive failures. Um, and some of it not because of anything I could or couldn't do. Um, so it's been a, a pretty wild journey for me to get to this point where I'm at now. Could you talk to us... Um but your mentors, like people you look up to or somebody who really stood out, perhaps maybe something they did, um, maybe something they taught. Uh, what are some things you can talk about? Sure. So for mentorship for me is, uh, I think, something that you can take from anyone. I think everyone is either a mentor teaching you things that you want to move towards or move away from. Right? So if you see somebody doing something that you disagree with, they're mentoring you on what not to do. But if you find people that are successful or that you feel successful, that are doing the things you want to do, getting in their good graces, having conversations with them, asking them to help you is a phenomenal way to learn. I have a few people in my life that have had a major impact in what I'm doing. Uh, Richard Manassi is one of those. He's the director of the Accelerator at Tampa Bay Wave and, and has a big impact in my startup journey, launching companies as well as just uh, in general, uh, how to be a good individual and to give back to the community. So Richard Manassi is one that I <clears throat> definitely think of as a, as a good friend and mentor of mine uh, in recent years. Uh, but as a community, those relationships that I fostered, I, I gain a lot from the individuals that I interact with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, so what what kind of person do you see yourself as? Like what, 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 when you, you, know, you know why I ask this question, Robert? It's because sometimes we think we are one way, <laughs> and the reality may be different. Uh, do you ever think about this self-awareness? Like how do you show up? I mean, how do people see you? Uh, those questions. Do you sure. ever think about it? I think it's important to be self-aware. I believe it has a major impact in your ability to engage in others and to create relationships. For me personally, I, I like DISC and Meyer Briggs and a lot of those different analysis to give you an idea of what your personality is. Uh, there's a great website, 16personalities.com. They have a Myers Briggs based assessment that you take. Uh, But what I love about it is it doesn't just tell you how that applies to you or or who you are, but it it talks about how it applies in where you work and the friendships and in your personal relationships and the different aspects of life. So I found that very helpful um, a few years ago 
to really help me understand that, well, one, I'm an ENTP. Mm-hmm. What which, is that? Uh, is a very small subset. We're innovators and debaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it means we are really good at the big picture and inspiring others and, and creating solutions to problems. Uh, but we kind of dwindle at the smaller things, that getting the nitty-gritty fine-tuned. So we have to find that support in uh, anything that we do. And so we've become really good at building teams and getting individuals to inspire them to be more than what they are. Hmm. So self-awareness is big for you? It is. It's a huge part, I think, of of everyone. Because not only am I aware of what kind of a personality I have, if I'm aware of what kind of personality you are, I can help to gauge how to interact with you. And it has a lot to do with game theory. Okay, uh, tell us more. Which is a mindset uh, that I, uh, I'm i not going to be able to give you the crazy detail mm-hmm. on, but if you, you Google into it and take a look, it's essentially in business, finding that middle ground that no matter what everyone else does, you'll have the best outcome. But Part of that exercise is going through and understanding who those individuals are who are at play and what their uh, mindset is and what the actions they potentially could take based on the actions that you take. So kind of like chess, but for... Mm. Give us an example, like some story, an example that we can sink our teeth into it. Sure. So a very common uh, example of this is uh, if you have two individuals who have the potential to go to jail. Uh, they're criminals. They're not best friends. So there's there's no real reason for them to uh, benefit each other or hold out. Uh, and so the detective sits down and says, you know, whoever tells me first all the goods, tells me all the information, you'll get no time in jail and the other person will get 10 years. Now, if they both tell, then they both get five years in jail. And if none of them tell, they get zero time in jail. But based on the fact that you and the other person aren't best friends, in all likelihood, they're probably going to turn on you. So your best option is to turn on them. So at the end of the day, you both get five years. The best case, you get no time. Mm. So in it's a cross path of best, most likely outcomes. The worst case is you say nothing and they say something, right? So that's not an option. Best case is you say something and they say nothing, and then you get nothing. But if you do that, the middle ground is you both get five years. So, so how can we use this in business? Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, as a as a business owner, and you know, with various degrees of um, involvement and success, how can we use this uh, in building our teams and building our allies? How like what are the things that you've been thinking about in game theory? Like. So game theory is is focused on the actions that you're taking as a business. So the team, in my opinion, is about replacing the will of things that need to happen. So if you imagine a giant will. Uh, and wheel? A wheel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll call it a pie. Yes. And every task that you have to do is a slice of the pie. Marketing, sales, uh, your business plan, creating the product. These are all subsections of the things that make your business work and run. And to build a team, you have to find individuals that are really good at that piece of the pie. Because when you start a company, you are the pie. Everything that happens has to be you. But every individual has strengths and weaknesses. So there are things that you aren't the best at, you still have to do. And once you start identifying what those tasks are, how they get done, what needs to be accomplished, you can then find people who are good at it, who uh, exceed or excel at that task, and you can start filling in there. 
So that's that's how you build teams, in my opinion. It's it's relationships. It's who you know. It's understanding the needs so you can set expectations in the business and what that role looks like as them joining you. Coworkers are great mm-hmm. places to find people to build companies with because you know how that relationship is in a working environment. And if you work well, you're going to continue to work well, more than likely, uh, in a new company. But if you go with your friends or your family, it's a different kind of relationship. It's not a work relationship. It's a personal relationship. And so transitioning those into a business don't always work. Now, game theory comes into play when you look at how you engage in the marketplace and how you build those relationships or how you act based on the current market. Whether or not your competitor does something, you want your most likely outcome to be positive for you. You want a net positive interaction with the marketplace. So an example is if I move and put my location here, is there going to be enough business for my company if my competitor comes in and does the same thing? So that kind of mindset of, understanding what they can and can't do, right? They either either they move in next to me or they don't, or they move in further away or they don't. And if they're right next to me, I need to make sure that going to that location is going to have enough bandwidth to support the business I'm trying to do. So you're solving the puzzle. So would you agree then when you are in the throes of your business uh, uh, journey, you're always solving puzzles, uh, and they become more complex and <laughs> so many dimensions. Would you? I mean, so like somebody is listening right now, like maybe in college or in high school, and they're thinking about doing business. What kind of skills they need to nurture now? Sure. So look back at childhood, right? I feel that everyone is born an entrepreneur, right? You have to continually solve problems. How do I get from where I'm at to where I'm going? Oh, it's quicker if I walk. You're going to fall a lot as you're learning to stand on your feet. But as you start to take those first steps, you build confidence as you're going. So innately, I think human beings are born with an entrepreneurial mindset. We go through life. Our education system is made to really get that out of you, take that and make you somebody who focuses on turning a widget, right? You're a task doer. And entrepreneurship really is about the task when you're getting started. You need to find a solution to a problem that meets the need of a customer. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a lot of problems that you're going to have to constantly overcome in order to make that a viable business, to grow it beyond just you providing a service or you providing an initial piece of value to that customer, right? Scaling it, building people, building processes. Business exists within processes. So it's a combination of one, remembering how to problem solve and that you are going to fall consistently, but you can get up and stand back up and move forward. And then two, that as you do this, document it, make list, build out the process and identify how you're getting it done because that's how we communicate through those processes. We're able to support each other as a business and work together as a team because the expectations are set and we know where we're headed. Hmm. You packed a lot into this uh, answer. <laughs> and so w- the beauty of the podcast is that people can rewind it, right? Yes. Or, you know, I don't know, what, what is it called? Rewind and listen to you again and again. I love it. Right? So, Robert, um, could you just tell us quickly, I didn't introduce you <laughs> in the sure. beginning. Just tell us who you are and how, you know, like things that you have seen and done. 
So my name's Robert Blackledge. I've had nine companies at this point uh, in a lot of different sectors from landscaping to restaurants to artificial intelligence. And now I've moved on beyond my own companies and do a lot of entrepreneurial education. So I help others start and grow their companies by a lot of lessons that I've learned, but also some incredible content that is out there. Uh, Co-starters being one of them, Startup Weekend, Hackathons, those kind of events are great ways to get people started. So I'm kind of a quick start uh, and full of wisdom, so that's where I gained the name Startup Santa. Yes, I love it. And uh, we'll have in the show notes all the links to your contact information and to the things that people can contact, uh, contact you and engage with you further. Robert, what do you think is your biggest failure? Mm. So I, 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 I'm not sure I like the word failure. I think everything that you do is an opportunity to do better. And so you're always growing as an individual. Um, my first big company, we were doing half a million dollars in, in gross. And we were netting about 180000 a year. I didn't set the company up right. I didn't know any better. So we were 50-50 partners walking into it. And about a year in, my business partner decided he no longer wanted to be a part of that business. He spent a significant amount of money paying off company debt. And because of him using the money for company debt, there was nothing I could really do because he owned half the company. And so it was in his right to service company debt. Uh, We lost the business because of that, because we had no money in the bank and we had no way to pay our bills. And so the business shut down. And that was a a pretty devastating moment, but it was a moment of um, profound intuition. And in order for you to understand how I came to that, I have to tell you a story about how I climbed a mountain. So place yourself in your driveway, just lost a half a million dollar business. You had put your entire life 80-hour work weeks, no pay for over a year. You're depressed, distraught, and don't know what to do. But in front of you is a Fiat 500, and you have an immense desire to get away. So you take the Fiat, you rip the seats out, you put a bed, a dresser, and some fans, and you hit the road. You drive, and you drive, and you drive until you hit the coast, And then you head up the coast, up into Canada. And when you enter Canada, the roads are black asphalt, eight lanes each direction, and the mountain ranges are spread out across in the distance, and there's spruce trees reaching for the sky. And you just drive and drive and drive and drive until the road turns from black asphalt to gravel to dirt. And you stop at the base of a mountain at the very top of Canada in Nova Scotia. And you're staring at this impediment, this wall. You just spent weeks of your life traveling. You're still depressed. You still haven't found the thing you're looking for. And there's another barrier in your way. So for me, I grabbed my bag and I started hiking. And I climbed up and over, through overgrown paths, and down out to the other side of that mountain, to the very top of Nova Scotia. 
And there, the brush opened out to black rock coast with cold waves crashing on it, overcast, a little bit of grass, and you're standing there thinking, what the hell did I just do? I drove all this way. I still feel distraught. I have no idea what I'm going to do. So you turn around, you head back up the mountain. And this is the part that blew me away. As I came over the top of the mountain, the sun was setting. The ocean was on fire. The mountain rages were alit with oranges and reds. And in that moment, I knew that in life, you can pursue money and lose everything in an instant. Or you can pursue passion. And my passions are entrepreneurship and education. And so it has led me to create this entrepreneurial education that helps empower others to pursue their passion. I've lost more companies, but they've all been an evolution of this concept of helping people pursue their passion and connecting them to what they were supposed to do. And so that is my journey and how I learned and grew from one of my biggest losses. Hmm. Powerful. Thank you. Entertaining <laughs> and also very revealing, very revealing. So now that you have climbed the mountain, have you came down the mountain? What 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 are you doing now? Like uh, since that point, like what things have you done differently? What resources have you used to, you know, keep yourself going? Sure. I, I'm very interested in that. So I, I found a, a passion when I was running my business, uh, the food business, in the data, the business intelligence behind it. And I wanted to create two things. One, I, I loved the information that exists, the, the raw data that is potential to create incredible solutions. And two, I tried to get a job. And what was incredibly difficult about that is even with an MBA, even with years of experience, I couldn't find a job. And I was incredibly frustrated by that. So I started creating concepts where I could help people who graduated programs get the skills they needed to get the jobs that met market need. And the first time I attempted that, it was a web development company. And what I discovered, because my mindset right now is, hey, I went to school, I'm educated, I can get the job and do be very effective. So I hired somebody right out of school who had certifications in the web development, that I, the stack of code, right? We were doing WordPress, so not super difficult. And he didn't have the skills that I needed as a business owner to be able to gain value from that employee-employer relationship. And that's a huge problem. When you have 98% of the world GDP coming from small and medium businesses, and the education system that we have in the United States is not developing talent that can provide value to that small business owner, it creates a skill gap. Mm, yeah. And so I started looking for a way to solve that. First, I went after a second master's because I wanted to get into more of the data, right? If you can create the code to solve the problem, it creates a lot of, gives you a lot of power mm -hmm. to be able to and create solutions in the world. And I almost finished that master's. I'm, I have a thesis. I need to complete it. 
Uh, but at the time, my wife had gotten a job in Tampa. We were in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I was there alone, supposed to finish my master's, and I saw, you know, every time I called my wife, she's down by the pool, enjoying the Florida sun. Yes, so I, I wanted to be a part of that. I got the university to let me do my thesis online, and I drove downtown, or down to Florida. I finished all the coursework. I got a certificate in system analysis and design, but I um, I felt empty just sitting by the pool. And there's an event called One Million Cups. Mm, yes. And if you're not familiar with it, I highly recommend you check it out. It's founded by the Kauffman Foundation. They have a whole concept that entrepreneurship and ideas are spread around coffee. So every week at 9 a.m. all around the world, there are are entrepreneurs presenting what they're working on, sharing their stories. So I was sitting poolside, knew there was a One Million Cups within walking distance, so I walked Mm. to the One Million Cups where they hosted the location, and I happened, this is the bouncy ball, if you're ever familiar with tracking the ball back. I went to One Million Cups. The presenters only presented once a year. You don't present very often there. It's kind of like a catch-up, follow-up, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. They happen to be presenting about an entrepreneurial startup organization called Operation Startup focused on veterans. I'm a military veteran. I wanted to be involved in that. I became an entrepreneur resident. And then I was looking to get more involved in the entrepreneur community. I went on an event called Startup Bus. Yes. Startup Bus is three days on a bus traveling across the country building a company. At the same time, there are eight or nine other buses traveling the country building companies. And we all meet at a destination city to compete in a pitch contest. That's where Course Align, the artificial intelligence company, was born. Because we wanted a way to align university curriculums to employers' needs. And we felt the only way to do that was to build a large-scale data analytics tool that showed them where the gaps were. Mm-hmm. We made it into the finals of that pitch contest. It was incredible. Uh, from there, I took it to a whole other level. We grew it to 14 employees, won some pitch events, and then ended up moving to West Palm because we had an investor offer to invest in the company. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. At the same time, my wife had just given birth to our twin my twin children, I have a boy and a daughter, and everything was going good in my mind, right? We're, we're, we're right where we need to be, we're about to get an investment, and then the investor pulls the term sheet on me. So having brand new children, I got to spend eight months with them, which I do not regret. I learned a lot about the human development process and what it means to be a parent in that time. And then started looking for my next opportunity. Now I'm a whole nother level of risk aversion. (laughs) I used to be very risk oriented. Now I'm risk averse, extremely so. And so I had this opportunity to come to Lakeland, Florida as the education director here at Catapult, uh, where I got to work with entrepreneurs and help them start and grow their businesses. And that contract is almost up. So next, for me, I'm looking for that next opportunity to be able to give back to the community and engage in entrepreneurship. Well, this is a, I learned some things about Startup Bus. Uh, I knew about the concept, but I didn't know that it was concurrent with other buses and teams 
meeting a destination city. That's a whole level. Oh, it's <laughs> that's you know extreme. that's so such a beautiful concept. Um, Robert, we're coming to the end of this uh, interview, which I I felt is very <laughs> revealing. Um, where do you envision you? Next project, next milestone, something that you truly, truly care about that will take a lot of your contribution. My kids going to college. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not that I have a whole lot of uh, of, it. When I say that, it's wherever they want to go, whether it's college or not, that next leaving the house. But uh, beside the being a parent, which I think is going to take a lot of time, energy, and effort and resources to be be successful at, uh, I I think I will always continue to give back to the entrepreneur community. It is uh, deeply in my heart and soul. I'm extremely empathetic to entrepreneurs and their plights. I've been there. I've lived it. I felt it. The highs, the lows, the roller coaster of entrepreneurship is is deep in my blood and so being able to give back through events that happen tampa bay startup week is one that i help organize i I will be a mentor at several startup weekends and hackathons for sure Uh, but i i need a level of consistency and uh, that comes from having a job so i'm actively looking for that next role where i'll be able to pour my heart and soul into and help a company grow what they're working on Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Robert, what is the best way that people can contact you and engage with you? Sure. So I have a public figure page on Facebook that has uh, right now me holding uh, Saw Stop. So okay. It's a pretty, yeah, I'm holding it up and I got a big old smile on my face. So you can't miss that. Uh, that's the best way to see what I'm working on. It's also tied to my Instagram. So whether you're Instagram or Facebook, uh, you can get that content that I'm sharing. Uh, and then also my LinkedIn has over 10,000 connections. So feel free to connect with me, leverage that relationships that I have built there so you can grow your connections as well. Thank you, Robert. Um, perhaps we can connect again uh, in a year, six months, and uh see what you've been up to. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who listened and invested this time with us. Whatever you find yourself right now anxious or maybe a little bit unsure or just need a little peek up, make sure you share this podcast and all the other episodes and speak brave with everyone you care about. And I'll see you next time.